So we're in Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, as we come this morning to celebrate Palm Sunday, which is a great, great celebration of the coming of our King. Matthew 21, Matthew 21, we'll be in verses 1 through 10. Matthew 21, and we'll be in verses 1 through 10. Matthew 21 says, Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you. And immediately you will find a donkey tied up and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you should say, the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it may be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell the daughters of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as, as uh, Jesus commanded them. And they brought the donkey and the coat and laid their clothes on them and set him on it. And a, a, a very great multitude a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from trees and spreaded them on the road. Then the multitude who went before them and those who followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when... He had come into Jerusalem, all the cities was moved, saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. On this morning, I would like to speak to you from the topic, our king. Our king. As we hear in Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 10, we look at the story of Jesus' triumphant entry. As we come today in the United States and celebrate Palm Sunday, which is a time for victory and a time to celebrate our, the coming of our King, Jesus Christ, who came many years ago. And now we celebrate our King as he, he comes into Jerusalem in his triumphant entry. Here in this uh, triumphant entry, in this story about Jesus uh, coming into Jerusalem the, the, uh, six days before his death and the start of Holy Week, we find out that this story is not only written here in Matthew, but this story is also uh, written in Mark chapter 11, verse 1 through 10. This story is also written in Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 38. This story is also written in John chapter 12, verse 12 through 19. This triumphant entry of Jesus as we come together to celebrate the victorious king and the Messiah, King Jesus, as we come to celebrate it, we find ourselves here in this story about the triumphant entry of Jesus Christ. 
we come to celebrate this Palm Sunday, which palms was a symbol of victory. It was a way that we celebrate the royalty of our king escorting his way into Jerusalem before days before his death and his burial and his resurrection. And here in this story, we see the great triumphal entry of our king. So we come together, Darnell, we come together to, to, to look at this story. And, and in this story, we find out some things about our king. As we come and we and I label this title our king is some things and insight that the story tell us about our King Jesus. The first thing we see, the first insight that the story lets us know is found in verse one through three. And it lets us know that our king is all knowing. Vanessa and Miss Cole, it lets us know that our, our, our king is all knowing. Look at this. It says now when when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage. At the mountain of Olives, then Jesus uh, uh, sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied up to a coat and with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall uh, say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them to you. Now here we here it is, here it is, here it is. These are some, this is some great insight about our King Jesus. Parkers and, and, and Myra, this is some, some great insight, Dale, uh, insight about our King Jesus, because what we know about our King is that he is all-knowing. Now watch this, Jesus is now uh, uh, parading himself, or now uh, he has now been walking for for, for miles now to, to get to Jerusalem, and he stops about two miles outside of Jerusalem and Bethpage. He stopped here, and he sent two disciples. Watch this. This is amazing. He sent two disciples opposite of where they were standing to a village, which we believe is Bethany, to, to, to go and get a donkey and a coat that is tied up. He says, go. He sent two of his disciples. We don't know Kim. We don't know Sister Sadie, the disciples that he sent, but we know that he sent two disciples in, and these two disciples that he sent in, uh, Miss Darlene, these two disciples that he sent, he says, when you get there, you will find a donkey and a coat. He said, he said, when you get there, you will find them not only there, but you will find them, Sister Washington, you will find them, Pastor Tucker, you will find them, Deacon Blue, you will find them sitting there tied up. And he says, and when, when you get there, I want you to unloosen them. Watch this. I want you to unloosen them. Watch this. I want you to unloosen them. And when someone asks you, what are you doing, Briggs family? When someone asks you, what are you doing? I want you to tell them the Lord has need of them. Oh, my God, y'all ain't dead. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand how the Lord is all-knowing, how our King Jesus is all-knowing, how he is omniscient. He knows all things. Now, watch this. How in the world did Jesus know that opposite of the village that they were in, it was going to be a donkey and a coat tied up, and a man or a woman was going to ask them, what are they doing untying a donkey and taking it? That, that, that just blow my mind. How, how did Jesus know that? How, how did Jesus know that, that opposite the city, uh, Tucker, that there going to be a, 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 a donkey tied up with a coat? How, how did he know that? Because he knew it because he, he's omniscient. He knew it because he, he know all things. He know everything. 
It's nothing we can hide from God. Hebrews, Hebrews tells us like this, that there is nothing is hidden from God. Everything is exposed to God. There's nothing hidden from our King Jesus, uh, 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 Brother DJ. There's nothing hid from our King, from our King Jesus, uh, uh, Lena. There's nothing hidden from him. He is omniscient. He know everything. And Jesus knew exactly where his donkey and his coat was going to be tied, and he knew that someone was going to ask, what were they doing? So what does this mean to us? Because as we look at the story and celebrate the triumphant entry, as we look at the story and celebrate the Palm Sunday, how can we relate this to now? I want you to look at it right now, and, and, and can I be honest? Can I be honest with y'all? If I can be honest, put amen in the chat. Can I be honest with y'all? Because this, this, this is kind of freaky to me. This freaks me out. I'm just being honest because I, I, I don't want Jesus knowing everything about me. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just being honest. It's some things, Wanda and Shorty and Sam, that, that I want to do that I, I don't want Jesus to see. It's some activities that, that I would love to engage in that I don't want Jesus to see. You hear me, Vicky? Is there any honest people here with me? Anybody where I'm at, just raise your hand. Put a hand up. It's some things in your life that you don't want Jesus to see, but now you found out that he all-knowing, that he see everything, everything behind the curtains, behind the dark, behind the door. Let's share everything he is seeing. I have some things that I don't want Jesus to see. There's some things that, that I, don't, I don't want Jesus to see. There's some things that I want to partake in that I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want Jesus to see. That, 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 that's the bad thing about it. But the good thing about it, Tucker, watch this, the good thing about it, but I, I, I'm grateful that he sees it and he knows everything because guess what? On the good side, he knows what you're going through. <laughs> Kenneth and Nikki. He knows what you're going through. He knows the trouble that you experience. He knows the pain that you're going through for losing a loved one. He knows the, the trauma that you have in your life from a child. He knows the tripping that you're doing. He knows, Sean, all your troubles and all your, 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 your sickness and everything you've gone through. So on the backside, I'm happy that Jesus knows because if he knows what I'm going through, I'm going to be all right. If I have any witness out there that know that you're going to be all right because he knows Jesus knows our king Charmaine and Reggie he knows what you're going through he knows the crying you do at night he knows how you fill the pillow up with water he knows how you've been treated as a child he knows the trauma that you have in your life he knows everything I'm so glad I'm so glad Joe and Wendy I'm so glad Charlene that that our king knows, our king is all-knowing, that he knows all our, 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 our sin issues, that he knows all our health issues, he knows the, the problems that we're going through, he knows everything about us, and one thing about this is that Jesus knows everything, and he knew it, Asa Mashiach, he knew it before the foundation of the world. He knew what you was going through. He knew that that donkey was going to be there. He knew that that coat was going to be there. He knew that it was going to be tied up. He knows everything. He is omniscient. He knows everything, James Lee. He knows every single thing. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13 says it like this, that nothing is hidden from the sight of our king. Our king knows. He knows. First insight we see here in this text. As we look at the triumphant entry, as we come to celebrate Palm Sunday, is that 
our king. Our king knows everything. All, all, all things is exposed to them. Our king is all-knowing. He's omniscient. The second thing, insight we see in this text that is found right here, the second thing that is found right here in the text is, is that our king came to fulfill prophecy. Look what he says. Look what he says right here. Our king came to fulfill prophecy. Watch what he says in verse number four and five. I'm dropping everything today. Verse number four and five, our king came to fulfill prophecy. Look what verse number four and five says. It says, now all this was done. Now they went and got the, they went and got the, the, the donkey and untied it, and the man asked them to loosen it in verse 3. And now in verse 4 and 5, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughters of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, and a cart, and the fowl of a donkey. And let's take it all the way to verse 6. So the disciples went and did as he said. The second insight we see here as we look at our king. The first insight we see as we look at our king is our king is all-knowing. The second insight we see here in this text of our king is our king came to fulfill prophecy. Man, that's good. That's good to know. That's good to know, Dixon family. That's good to know, Brian. That's good to know, Tammy. That's good to know, Kim. That's good to know that our king came to fulfill prophecy. Watch this. This, this, this very word that was spoken right here in, in um, chapter uh, 21, verses uh, 5. This, this very saying is, is a saying that was, that was spoken. This prophecy was spoken in Zechariah chapter 9. Sanders family, this, 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 this prophecy in chapter 5 and verse 5 was, was spoken in Zechariah chapter 9. Is a, is a, is, it, it, it is an exact quote of Zechariah chapter 9. It, it, it's a exact quote. Let me read it to you, Jennifer. Let me read it to you. It says, tell the, the daughters of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a cart, the fowl of a donkey. This, uh, this very saying, this, this is the exact saying that, that Zechariah uh, spoke and prophesied in, in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Angel Brown, this is this the same exact quote that, that uh, or prophecy that, that Zechariah pre- uh, told and preached about it and, and proclaimed uh, in, in Zechariah chapter 9. I'm going to help you try to get this, that our king came to fulfill prophecy. Watch this. The, in in Zechariah chapter 9, this prophecy was said over 500 years ago. 500 years ago before this, this triumphant entry happened. Over 500 years ago before Jesus uh, rode into Jerusalem, sitting sideways on a donkey and being worshipped, Lua Linda, as, as Jesus went into Jerusalem uh, uh, at past start, the start of Passion Week, as Jesus rode into Jerusalem, this very uh, uh, prophecy was prophesied 500 years before this account happened. Oh, that's some good stuff. That's some good stuff because what does this mean to me? What does this prophecy mean to me? This, this scripture tells us some things about our king, that our, our king Jesus, he fulfilled prophecy. 
So what, what, what does this mean to me? What, what does this mean for me? So Jesus, is a, is a, he fulfills prophecy. He came to fulfill the very prophecies that God had laid out for him that he will fulfill. Matter of fact, I did some research, Chuck. I did a little bit of studying, and I found out that 44 prophecies was fulfilled by Jesus. There are 44 prophecies that were, that were given more than five years, 500 years before Jesus came into the world through his mother, Virgin Murray. Before he came into the world, was born to Murray that he fulfilled when he came into the world. There were 44 different prophecies that were spoken of in the Old Testament and some of the New Testament that Jesus had revealed, I mean had fulfilled. There's 44 different prophecies that he had fulfilled. What did this mean? This is awesome. Evelyn, this is awesome to know that we have a king, that our king fulfilled prophecies. What are some of those prophecies that he already fulfilled? Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 says the Messiah will be born of a woman. That prophecy was fulfilled in the, in the Gospels, that Jesus Christ was born of a woman named Mary. That was one of the prophecies that he filled. Another one, Micah chapter 5, 2, says the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. We know every Christmas when we sing the song, Oh Bethlehem, that we know our prophet, that we know our king, Jesus, was born in Bethlehem. This was a prophecy that our king fulfilled. What else a prophecy? In Psalm chapter 68, verse 18, and Psalm chapter 1, I mean chapter 110, verse 1, the Messiah would be, will be seated at the right hand of the Father. That is a prophecy that we see in Scripture that was fulfilled by Jesus because Jesus is now sitting at the right hand of the Father. There are 44 different prophecies that Jesus has already fulfilled. So what does that mean to us? Because he's a prophet fulfilled, because he fulfilled prophecies, guess what? There's some prophecies that's still out there that need to be fulfilled. Oh my God, it's getting good, Chuck. It's getting good, Chuck. There is still some prophecies that Jesus Christ will fulfill, like his second coming, where the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, that there will be a great shout and Jesus will come in the air and all those who are dead in Christ will rise and those who are not dead will uh, be caught up in the twinkling of an eye. Guess what? That's worth celebrating that our God fulfilled prophecy because it's letting the church know that the rapture is coming, that Jesus Christ is coming to get his saints, is coming to get his people. This is why we celebrating because our king fulfilled prophecy and if he did it back then, he's going to feel him right now. I'm so glad that one day we will be risen in the air for those who are dead. With Christ, who will be risen in the air for those who are alive. We'll meet him in the air and we will see him face to face. That's a prophecy that the church can look forward to because that's the end of the church when a rapture comes. This is exciting that our king fulfilled prophecy. What else prophecies would he fulfill? The scripture lets us know in Hebrews chapter, he also lets us know in Hebrews, I think chapter 9, verse 27, the scripture says, and as it has been appointed for man to die once, but after this judgment, he also lets us know that there's a prophet 
prophecy that must be fulfilled, that every man must face judgment. This is a prophecy, Walter, this is a prophecy, Jasmine, that will be fulfilled, that every single man will and woman will face judgment. No matter if you're a Christian or a non-Christian, if you're holy or unholy, if you saved or unsaved, every one of us will receive judgment according to how we live. Now, for the believers, we won't see judgment to, condemn, to, to condemnation, but we will see judgment according to how we live in the kingdom of God and how we were used. We use our gifts for the kingdom of God, but for those who don't know God, your judgment is condemnation. That this is a prophecy that Jesus will fulfill, that this is a prophecy that he coming to fulfill, that every one of us would experience judgment. Every single one of us. You will not be able to escape judgment. For those who reject Jesus Christ, your judgment is eternal fire. Your judgment is eternal separation. Your judgment is condemnation, is hell, and then hell thrown into the lake of fire. But for those who are believers, we will be judged according to our acts, according to our walk, according to what we've done while we was here for the glory of God. These are prophecies that, that Jesus still will fulfill. There are so many other ones that he's still coming to fulfill. But I just want you to get a glimpse, Brig family, of the prophecy that Jesus came to fulfill prophecy, that our king came to fulfill prophecy. This triumphant entry gives us so much insight to our king Jesus. We, we learned here, first insight we've seen is that he's all-knowing. He knows everything. He knew what a donkey and a coat was tied at. He even knew that someone was going to ask, what y'all doing? Come on now. And we trying to hide from God. He knew this. The second insight we see is that he came to fulfill prophecy. And we already, we learned that he already fulfilled 44 different prophecies. And it's still prophecies that he is going to fulfill. He's going to fulfill the prophecy that we're going to see him face to face with the rapture. That the rapture is coming. We see that he's going to fulfill prophecy that, um, we see that he's going to fulfill prophecy, not only with the rapture coming, but with judgment to every one of us, believers and unbelievers. Here we go. Here we go. What's another insight? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Here we go. Here we go. I'm done. I'm done. Here we go. The next insight we see here is found in verse 6 through 10. Verse 6 through 10. The next insight he shows us is our king came to save. Watch this. Watch this. He says our king came to save. He says, so the disciples went and did as, as uh, Jesus commanded them. Verse 7, they brought the donkey and the coat and laid their clothes on them and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitude who went before them and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna, son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when they had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, who is this man? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Wow. What we learned here, here in Chapter 21 of Matthew, verses 1 through 10, as we look at our king and his triumphant entry, his entry into Jerusalem, a celebration, a victorious celebration of our king coming into and being treated as royalty. 
with some insight that we learned, the first insight that we learned in, in verses 1 through 3 is that our king is all-knowing, that he knows everything, he omniscient. The second insight that this text gives us is that our king came to fulfill prophecy. He came to fulfill prophecy that happened 500 years before, that was prophesied 500 years before this account happened in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But now we see the third insight is that Jesus came to save. Watch this. The people cried out, Jesus, when the donkey came, they, they, they put their coat on him because they didn't have a saddle. So they put their clothes, they took off their clothes and, and laid it on a donkey. And then they placed Jesus on a donkey. Oh, this is an amazing story. Just, 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 work, just walk with me, walk with me. So Jesus is now two miles out of Jerusalem. Remember, Jesus had to go to Jerusalem because he had to be crucified in Jerusalem. That's another prophecy that's going to be fulfilled. So they put their cloak on him and, and, and placed him on a donkey. And now he rides in to Jerusalem on a donkey that never been written, written before. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so much. It's so much in this. It's so much in this. But what I want you to see is that our king, our king came to save. So now he's riding into Jerusalem, and he has this massive amount of people that will follow him. And you may say, well, where all them people came from, Pastor Pugh? He just got finished raising Lazarus from the dead. He just got finished causing miracles and healing people, and all these people was around watching and experiencing the power of God working through Jesus, how Jesus was lifting the dead and raising the dead, and how he was healing the blind and the lame, had, had uh, healing the lame, and how he was going around, and he was just taking care of people and blessing people, and so the multitude had grown, and they would follow him everywhere he go. But now when he come and he's, they saddle him on a donkey and they set him on a clothes and, and the multitude now will lay their clothes out in front of the donkey. They will take off their garments and lay it on the road of the donkey, I mean of the road going into Jerusalem. So the donkey will, will ride on their clothes. And, and the significant part about this is they, they, and, and they will take palm trees. They will, they will have palm trees and they will cut the palms down. That's why it's called Palm Sunday. They would cut the palms down, and they would lay it on the road. And basically what they was doing was laying it on the road, giving him the royal treatment. Oh, my God, this is some good stuff. Because what they were saying was, Jesus, you are king. You are king of kings and lord of lords. You have reign and rule over everything. But here it is. I don't want you to get confused because they were looking for a king, an earthly king. But Jesus wasn't coming to be an earthly king, Pastor, I mean Deacon Blue. Jesus wasn't coming to be the earthly king, Tucker. He came to be your spiritual king. So now they sound good because they start to worship Jesus. And they start to say, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us. Hosanna, the son of God, save us. Now what they speaking out their mouth in this worship to Jesus as he ride into Jerusalem on a donkey and being worshipped. And this was a continuous act, Sister Perry, as a continuous was act that he was riding in there. Sister Percy, as he was riding in there into Jerusalem, it was a continual act of worship and praise to him, anointing him and appointing him as Messiah and the king of the world. But guess what? Although it sound good, although they worship him, although they praised him and said, Hosanna, son of David, save us, although Boo, although they did everything, Brother Donald, that it sound good, but their worship was only to save them from their earthly conditions. 
they, they, they hollered out, save us, but they only wanted to be saved, Tucker, from the Roman Empire. They only wanted to be saved from the health issues. They only wanted to be saved from their financial issues. They only wanted to be saved so they could get a new house or get a new car. They only wanted to be saved so their children, Danita, can do well. They only wanted to be saved from their earthly issues. But Jesus wasn't coming to save us from our earthly issues. He was coming to save us for our spiritual condition. And Jesus rode in, and they worshiped him and said, Hosanna, son of God, save us. But Jesus Jesus didn't come to save us from our earthly situation. He came to save us from our eternal situation. I don't know about you, but the scripture says that we were born in sin and shaped into iniquity and that we had no life in him. So I'm glad today that I get palms to lay before his feet because I'm not celebrating him for my earthly situation. I'm celebrating him for what he did for me spiritually. What did he do for you? I remember back to Two year, 2000 in April, that Jesus Christ came into my life and saved my soul. I remember I was on my way to hell, but today I have life in him. I'm going to celebrate him as my king because he is the savior of the world. This is why we celebrate the triumphal entry. This is why we celebrate our king, Jesus, because he came to save the world. Not to save us from our earthly ailments. Not to save us from our earthly situations. It's bigger than that. He came to be the savior of the world, shorty. He came to save you from your sin. From the consequences of sin. That's what he came for. And they celebrated and worshiped him. Saying, Hosanna, son of David, save us. Tanya, he said, save us. And I'm so glad that we still can celebrate the day our king. Watch this. I'm so glad. Although this was years ago when he came into the triumphant entry. But guess what? He's still saving the day, Tucker. He's still saving the day, I'm going to tell you. He's still saving right now. If some of you all need to surrender your life to him as your Lord and Savior, and he has the power in the blood of Jesus to save you from your eternal condemnation. I'm telling you, he still got power to save. I'm, I just want to tell you a testimony. The other day, I was praying in the morning, and I asked God. I said, God, can you lead someone to me that I can share the gospel to? And when I, that was 6 o'clock in the morning. When I got here the other day on Thursday, when I got here at 9.45, some young lady was waiting in the parking lot, crying in her car. And she said, I just need to talk to a pastor. Watch this. She said, I went to five different churches this morning, and nobody was there. Nobody was there, but I came here. And she said, the issue is, is that I decided to come here first, but I said, no, I'm going to go to these other churches. And when she came here at the last church, I was here. I was here. And she came in and she said, I'm done. I can't do it no more. I can't take it no more. And I said, hold on. Let me, let me just introduce myself. And I introduced myself and I said, what's your name? And she told me her name. And she's 20 years old. She said, I'm done. And I said, well, how, how's your spiritual life? When you're done, what, what, what have God said about this? And she went into all this stuff, and I said, baby, it sounds like you don't know Jesus Christ. And I was able to lead her to the plan of salvation, and she accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. I'm trying to tell you that Jesus came to save. 
She said, now I feel so much better. I said, it ain't about feeling, baby, because you're going to have some good days and some bad days. But what you need to know is by your faith, your eternal state has been changed. And Jesus Christ came into the world that you and I may have life and may have it more abundantly. That more abundant life don't mean a better car. That more abundant life don't mean a healthier life. That more abundant life don't mean a bigger paycheck. That more abundant life means that I will have eternal life in him because we never had it before, but now we have it again because he is the savior of the world. He came to save. Our king came to save. So the reason why we come and celebrate the triumphant entry of Jesus Christ and give out palms because the palm represents victory. It represents royalty. And we come now to get the blessed palm that we may now celebrate our king as savior. He came to save you. If anyone is under the sound of my voice that know, know him as your Lord and savior, this is a great opportunity to realize and to know that Jesus Christ came. He died on on the cross. We're going to get there on Friday. He died for you and me, and he was buried in a tomb in a bar tomb, but he got up on the third day that all power was in his hand. Thank you, Lord, for shedding your blood, because the blood is what made me whole. The blood has power to save you. It reaches to the lowest valley. It flows to the highest mountain. I'm talking about the blood of Jesus Christ that saved our soul. Our king is a savior. Our king is a savior. He saves. He saves. And today, before I come to a close, is there anyone today? Is there anyone today that want to make a decision? Because Jesus Christ didn't come just to come. He came to save us candy he came to save us that we may have eternal life hear me out this is a great opportunity we got people looking we got people looking we got people looking if you want want to want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior put it in the chat or you can text us at 301-653-6219 please put it in the chat put it in the chat come on y'all because he came to say our king came to save and it doesn't matter what you're going through. I know some of you say, well, I ain't ready, Pastor Pew. I, I'm still smoking. I'm still drinking. I, I still like them women. I still like them men. I still like them. Guess what? You, if you're coming, you gotta, you, you, you got to come. Jesus Christ will take you as you are. The scripture says in Ephesians, Sister Cuddy has, that you were dead in trespassing and sin when he died on the cross for you. So through that, you come any way you came because your eternal soul depends on it. This, this here, this here, today, today, right now. Watch this, watch this, right now. This is an opportunity for you to choose life. You either can reject life or you can accept life. But the scripture is clear. The scripture is clear. John chapter 14 says, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one come to the Father except through me. John, first John chapter 4, verse 14, I believe. It says that he came to save the world. Romans said that the gift of God is eternal life. He came to save you. But the scriptures say the wages of sin is death. The scripture lets us know if you reject the plan of salvation, if you reject Jesus, that when you die, you're going to bust hell wide open. So this is your decision, and this is a great opportunity. What are you going to do? Are you going to surrender to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Or you're going to keep rejecting him. Because rejecting Jesus Christ, 
that he died on the cross, that he shed his blood for your sin and my sin. And it was buried in a bar tomb and rose on the third day that we may have eternal life was given to us as a free gift. But today is your day. What you going to do? I have explained as best as possible the insight of our king. I have explained as best as possible the triumphant entry and Palm Sunday as I could. But today, are you going to come up here and get the palms just to say you spiritual? Or you going to come and know I'm getting these palms because my king saved. Because we got a savior in us. Jesus saved. Oh, my God, I wish I could sing. Because I'm thinking about that song, Jesus saved. Jesus saved. I'm thinking about Tasha Cobb's song, Jesus saved. He saves. And today, life is not promised. But it's everlasting if you surrender. And I plead with you. I plead with you, Tasha. Will you surrender your life to Jesus Christ? Is there any? Is there any today? Is there any? Is there any? Is there any today that want to surrender their life to Jesus Christ? Is there any? Is there any? Texas, 301-653-6219. Put it in the chat. Let us know. You can email us. Go to our website at the website at the bottom. You can send us an email, and it come right here, and you can send us an email. Say, Pastor Pugh, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to surrender. You can go right to our website at clintonbaptistchurch.org and go right at the bottom and say, send us a chat. And you can put it right there, I want to be saved. We get all your information and give you a call back. But today is your day. Today is a brand new day. Today is Palm Sunday. What better day to get saved on Palm Sunday as we celebrate the triumphant entry of our king, as we learn about our king? What greater day? Today is a great day. Is it for you? Well, maybe you already saved. Maybe you already saved. Maybe you already experienced the, the, the salvation of Jesus Christ. But you have did some things that are not right. You have backslid. You have did some things, Brian. You have did some things that, that are not right. You, you, you live in a life that's totally different from God. But God says that you can come back anytime. All you got to do is repent. Today, do we have anybody that want to repent? You know your life is, is not living out the will of God like you, you wanted to or like you're supposed to. And you just repent. Today, just come. Let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come to you and to repent, Lord God. Repeat after me for those who want to repent. Father God, I believe in you. I know you are my Savior, but I have lost my way. I turn back to you that I may walk according to your will, and you may be pleased with my walk. Let my walk from this day forward be a testimony of my relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for repenting. Thank you so much. We have one person who repented. Who is that? Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the, the person who repented. We'll, get, we'll, get, we'll reach out to you. Thank you so much. But also, also too, now this is a great opportunity. You have witnessed what God is doing here at Clinton Baptist Church. You have experienced our leaders. You experienced the, the favor that God has shown on our life. You have seen us face to face. You have seen Pastor Reeves, Pastor Tucker face to face. You know us now. Now, I know some of y'all been sitting back evaluating us, and you had enough time to evaluate. We've been here now, what, a year and a half now? We've been here now a year and a half. You had enough time to evaluate. It's time. Would you would like to be a part of Clinton Baptist Church? This is a great church to be a part of. Great leadership, great worship, 
great serving church, great church who want to not only serve God but be obedient to God. That's what we're pushing for. We're not looking for workers. We're looking for the, we are looking for workers, but we look for those workers who are be obedient to God, obedient, that willing to work and serve the kingdom but live out their life that is obedient to God. And today we, we open our doors for you. We're not in full gathering. We'll be back to that in September. But right now, we just want to draw, uh, see if you would like to be a part of this local assembly. Is there any? If you want to be a part of this church, let us know in the chat. Say, I would like to join, and we'll get you connected. Or you want to join, um, call 301-653-6219. It's a great opportunity, a great church to be a part of, a church that God is doing some awesome things in. We're living out the vision that God has given us. We grow, we serve, we love. And this is time. You don't have a church home. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? The scripture tells us, do not uh, forsake the assembly of the brother. It's an awesome time. We are still operating in a way that you can grow and you can be connected. We have class after class. We have opportunity after opportunity for you to serve and give back to the community and work in the kingdom of God. Would you like to be a member of Clinton Baptist Church? If so, let us know. But also, as I come to a close, I want to thank you for watching this service.